Hello and welcome to the Nomi Key Show. I am Nomi Key Konst. You were just watching the ongoing impeachment hearings, the second impeachment of Donald Trump. It's never too late to do the right thing, even if it is only seven days away from the inauguration. That was the simple explanation today from Congressman Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader, on why Donald Trump should be impeached and convicted, even though he only has a week left in office. It is never too late to do the right thing. That's a good lesson, always. But there is another lesson, which is that to do the right thing before it is so late, that disaster is already upon us. Five people died on Capitol Hill a week ago because Republicans didn't do the right thing to stop President Trump from peddling his phony Stop the Steal movement. 381,000 Americans have died because Republicans didn't do the right thing a year ago and demand that Donald Trump take science seriously and COVID seriously. And I don't know, maybe not to fund the CDC. So forgive me if I'm a little cynical right now when Mitch McConnell's staff whispers to reporters that... Yeah, he's fine with impeaching Trump. Where was he when it mattered? Sure, it is never too late to do the right thing. And the right thing right now is to impeach and convict Donald Trump and bar him from ever holding office again. Inciting insurrection is an extremely serious charge. To charge the president of the United States with inciting insurrection is almost unimaginable. But that is what we have here. An insurrection is a violent effort to disrupt the workings of the government, the government he's a part of. We have had insurrections before against taxes, against freeing enslaved people, against drafting men into the army. But we have never, ever before had an insurrection against the American government led by the president of the United States. Donald Trump used his office to spread a lie about the election and encouraged our fellow citizens to fight the true result. So some of them took him seriously and did just that, invading the Capitol to stop Congress from certifying Joe Biden's victory over Donald Trump. But Donald Trump did not do this alone. More than 100 Republicans in Congress voting today were supporting his effort to reverse the election. So when Mitch McConnell's staff say that the senator is okay with impeachment because This will help them rid the GOP of Trump. I want to scream, wake up. Do you think most Americans are stupid? This is so much bigger, so much bigger than Donald Trump and what he created. You can't purge this toxic mix of know-nothingism, racism, and violence from your party just by cutting out Trump. He became the awful force he became because you did not have the courage to stand up to him and to the movement that he tapped into because you were afraid of the movement. You were afraid of losing the movement and afraid of losing power. For whom? Your donors. Donald Trump did not invent white supremacy. He normalized it for a lot of people. He inflamed it and he used it and it is not going away. And much of the Republican Party tried to ride along with him out of fear or opportunism. I could just say, shame on you. Shame. Shame. But I'd like to say something more forward-looking. It is not enough that Trump is impeached, convicted, and barred from office. This isn't just better late than never, as Steny Hoyer was saying. Get his fingers off the war button. Prevent him from privatizing government or pardoning folks in the final days. Prevent him from running again. All of us, and particularly the Republicans, have to internalize the bigger lesson here. Putting off the right thing is never the right thing. There will always be a cost. 
Our country has paid a horrific cost for letting Donald Trump loose. It is time to start putting things back together. Of course, things were never normal, but dismantling every institution is by no means our unnormal norm. We have some fundamental, very fundamental things that we have to deal with that we have been putting off. Root causes to these crises that no party really wants to address because they have to go up against their donors, their business model, like the way that the Republicans put off dealing with Donald Trump or the way Donald Trump put off dealing with COVID-19. These root issues have caused so much destruction in our society. We have to get past this and start solving things at the root level. White supremacy, campaign finance reform. And here is just one major example that brushed up right against this crisis, the giant tech companies and their role in fermenting this insurrection. We know how they were amplifying Trump and his vocal supporters and the hosts covering him. We know that they were monetizing hate. Hell, we know their business model was built on monetizing hate, polarization, anger, and division, and is allergic to nuance. The very point of their algorithm is to divide us into groups and then sell us to advertisers. We should have already dealt with this. Before people died because they weren't wearing masks, before people died storming the Capitol, before conspiracies around both of these things spread without editorial checks, or frankly, before even editorial checks, they were boosted. Well, it is never too late to do the right thing. So let's do that now and figure out how to rein in these tech giants. Even more immediate, let's figure out how to extend a real hand to suffering Americans. I'm still not sure Biden really gets how bad things are. And I don't know Mitch McConnell. I don't even know if he's aware of it. It worries me that Biden's folks went into Chuck Schumer's office and said that they wanted only $1.3 trillion for a stimulus package. And Schumer told them it wasn't enough. That's our dear neoliberal friend, banker Chuck Schumer, telling them that they needed to spend more. So I hope that they'll try now, but we vision right now. We need vision right now. We need aggressive action. We need bold action and a powerful desire to fix things now, not later. There is no later. There is no later. This is the crisis. If not now, then when? Because this time, while there's sentiment, even in the Republican Party to address these ignore root issues, we can actually win the votes because this was such an egregious situation that Republicans are embarrassed. Well, let's use their shame and actually address these root issues. Let's actually try to solve problems in communities. Let's actually try to get people a vaccine immediately and a stimulus that actually deals with the economic crisis, the Great Depression 2.0 that we are sitting in, the housing crisis that everybody, not just Republicans or Democrats, that everybody in every district is facing. Because there may be a point when it really is too late. All right, guys, we have a great show. We are going to talk uh, real quick. We're going to be covering the the ongoing impeachment with our friend Marcus Farrell. And then later we're going to have Jordan Zacharin and Simon Road back to discuss other news today. So we're going to try to cover it all, but stick around. Uh, if you're not doing it all right, already, excuse me, make sure to smash that like button and click subscribe and join us on Patreon. If you join us at the right level, you get one of these mugs. That's patreon.com slash the Nomi Key Show. And we have our book club underway. We are currently, we just uh, posted a, a, uh, an interview with Harvey Kay 
about Thomas Paine, the original rebel, the person who called for the revolution. Uh, he, I'm so curious what he would have thought of this moment, but Harvey K was on uh, to discuss the book. We're also going to be chatting about it with him again with our, our book club members. So join us at patreon.com slash the Nomi Key Show to join the book club. Our next book is The Plunkett of Tammany Hall. That's coming next week. And so that's going to be a really interesting one as well. All right, we'll be right back after the break. Welcome back to the Nomi Key Show. The gentleman from Atlanta, Georgia, the one and only Marcus Farrell. He's the former Black Outreach Director for Bernie Sanders and the host for Clickbaity Thirst Trap, for Political Thirst Trap, excuse me. Uh, dear friend Marcus Farrell, thanks for joining us. You're on mute, just a heads up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for having me. Uh, shout out to uh, London Parliament for uh, giving us the inspiration for finally yelling at each other. <laughs> I mean, like... What took so long? They keep talking about how we're so politically divided. I'm like, not enough. I think it just took the woman to who we're going to talk about later, our favorite new congresswoman, uh, Congressman Bowert, I think is her name. But I, I, she's new, so I'm still learning her name. The one who carries guns in the Congress. I think that was that was the inspiration. Maybe. The, well, what the inspiration is is white supremacy versus black people voting. I, that's that's the inspiration. Oh, that's the bottom line. At, at the end of the day, that's that's it. Uh, and we can try to make this about the Constitution. We could try to make this about the election. Um, it's not that. It is that these conservative folks are seeing a new rising demographic of people of color uh, actually, you know, exerting their their civic duty. And it, and it actually worked not once, but twice. Right. So uh, right here in Georgia. Uh, right, you know, right here in um, right here in Georgia, we we you know, black folks showed up in Fulton County and DeKalb County, and I, and the irony of it is, is they are so angry and they are so mad right now that uh, two things are happening. Number one, Nomi, the these guys, they are so addicted to Republican racist talking points that every other word out of this whole situation is Black Lives Matter, right? Like. <laughs> we at, I'm Black Lives Matter. We're at home watching you fools do this, right? So we didn't have nothing to do and, with it. Right? And just to be clear, you mean like they're like they're doing the the, the what aboutism? Yeah. Where they're like, well, you know, and so you know, well, yeah, we had some white some some bad apples storm Congress, but what about all the the peaceful protests across the country this week? And and like I say, the cheesecake factories that got smashed in, which uh, were probably tied to. The Proud Boys instigating. I mean, it's just, it's insane. It's like one movement was to protect people's lives. The other was, I don't even know at this point. I am like, I don't even know if it was just Donald Trump's life. Right, right. Well, it's, well, you, we have to understand two things that are happening. We are seeing two things that happened. Like, like Democrats, a lot of these Democrats waited till a Republican spoke up for them to be angry. Right. Uh, and that shows that our, our that some of us are just addicted to moderation to the point where mm. uh, when a Republican says jump, we say how high or is it time yet? Right. Uh, the mm -hmm. second thing is, I do think that and I, you know, because I, I trash my party, I'm a Democrat, I trash them all the time, but I will give them props. Right. They are legit angry. And it sucks because it took like literally their lives being on the real line, you know, like me walking outside of my door every morning for them to want mm -hmm. to change policies and actually do something about Donald Trump. So what I find interesting right now is how the visceralness 
of it comes when they're finally personally attacked. It's like, whoa, we're citizens of America too. Whoa, right. we can get hit with this also. So that, that's no me. I'm 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 happy, but I also want to see this same energy for Medicare for all. I also want to see the same energy for reparations. I also want to see this and same same energy for all of the things that that people need uh, during during COVID nineteen. You know, I'm so happy you led with white supremacy because. I do think that we're getting like the conversation is little, little by little moving away. And I'm so, so I don't know if we have that clip and if not, we can bring it up a little bit of Corey Bush saying what it was, you know, her getting up there and saying, we got to get rid of this white supremacist president, because that's what that was. It was whether it was Nazi white supremacy or, you know, whatever the, the, the confederacies today's white supremacy is, it was white supremacy. There's no way around it. That's what this movement, their movement was built off of. That's who showed up in response to Donald Trump and folks who are embarrassed by it and are silent. And I'm not talking about just lawmakers. I'm talking about Trump supporters across this country. You know, I don't know if you know any, but I know some, and I'm looking at their, I'm watching their Facebook page. I'm watching them and I'm like, are they gonna, they're saying nothing. They're saying nothing because I think they know it's wrong, but they don't know how to process it or don't recognize what they were a part of or just blocked it out. But to me, I mean, that's the core issues. I think a lot of folks are starting to see in their faces just how organized and structured the movement for white supremacy, the hate movement for white supremacy has been for years and it's just growing. Let's just real quick before you respond, let's play that clip of Corey. We have it. Madam Speaker, St. Louis and I rise in support of the article of impeachment against Donald J. Trump. If we fail to remove a white supremacist president who incited a white supremacist insurrection, it's communities like Missouri's first district that suffer the most. The 117th Congress must understand that we have a mandate to legislate in defense of black lives. The first step in that process is to root out white supremacy, starting with impeaching the white supremacist in chief. Thank you. And I I yield back. Mm. Fire, 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 fire. A, sh- a shout out to the Congress- Congresswoman from, the, from, from Missouri's first district and also one of our hardest, hardest representatives of like everything that we are embodying and we've went through for the past, to, to past I don't know, 400 years as black people. Check this out. This woman got to be the first person who said white supremacists in chief in Congress, like on the floor of Congress. You know how gangs- Week one, week one. <laughs> week one, like, yo, how about this right here? Hello, where's the coffee machine? He's a white supremacist. That is, that is, so, that is so amazing to me. And, and Nomi, I wanna, I wanna say something. We, are, we have an opportunity to reverse the Lee Atwater Southern strategy right now as Democrats. Can you, can you explain what that was just for folks who may not be aware? Yeah, so the Southern strategy was very simple, right? Lee Atwater in the 80s, he was a very, very smart, yet racist uh, Republican strategist that, were, that was responsible for Reagan, that was responsible. He, he died very young. Uh, um, but, but what he did was he said, okay, there's, we can't just call them the N-word anymore, right? We have to replace that with things like uh, welfare queen. We have to replace right. that with, uh, we can't say, you know, we, we want to be, we want to get the police on folks anymore. We want to say we believe in, in crime and punishment. We believe in law and order. So he used these catchphrases instead of just saying the N-word, basically to make America say the N-word without saying the N-word. Right. Right. right? 
And that was right. his strategy. And though and those and those he was the inventor, he he weaponized dog whistling at the level that we see right now. Here is our moment to weaponize dog whistling. What I want to see from white folks right now, what I want to see from them right now is to be like, you know what? This is one of those run up in the capital types. We don't have to say white supremacists. We could just say, you just run up in, you one of those run up in the capital types. You know, he's one of these insurrectionist types, right? Like, and and from and from right. president to dog catcher, every single Democrat running against the Republican needs to use that terminology. Like, like uh, the, uh, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Well, that actually increased our votes. Thank you, Raphael Warnock, for being a radical liberal, right? Now go up there and vote for Medicare for All. Now go up there and vote for re uh, reparations. Right. The, you know, like that's, the, we want to see that right? But we right. want to see us use those talking points. And, and I think everybody who's watching the show right now should just parrot that. Parrot I love that. it. I nope. love that. I, you know, for those of you guys who don't know, I was on, on your show last week and I immediately, after you gave me the job of, of, of evangelizing to white people, <laughs> <laughs> and I did a, an entire opening on it and I got wrecked from like some people on Twitter, but like, screw you. If you don't understand that these stimulus checks aren't going to solve white supremacy, I'm not saying no stimulus checks. I'm saying there's no, you, you can't do one or the other. It's reparations, which is what we talked about in your show is, is the way. And that is exactly linked to the financial aspect of this. It's exactly linked to economic uh, equality. It's through reparations, specifically to the communities that have been affected the most by these racist policies that we have, the legacy of racism, whether through reconstruction or, or before, um, that, I mean, that is the path. So, so before we go to the next clip, which is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, um, I want, <laughs> I, like, that's the only line I could come up with. I'm like, I watched it. it and my jaw dropped. <laughs> give, us, give us your take on reparations because anytime I have an opportunity to give someone the platform to do so. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's, it's this simple. Um, America has to address two of its original sins that we are now still dealing with the repercussions of slavery today. Like, don't ever get this wrong. Just because Martin Luther King went to Washington and said, I have a dream, doesn't necessarily mean that everything just cleared out and Black folks are just doing well. Until Indigenous Americans are paid their just due for their lands that were stolen, and until African Americans and Black people who, uh, who, were, who were families of enslaved people get their, get their just due for being enslaved, then we won't see that. What does that mean? That means this right here. First off, reparations helps all Americans. It, it will increase the amount of the economy. It'll increase how much money goes to white and black businesses. Mm -hmm. Secondly, more importantly, and this is the biggest thing, it reverses everything that has been systematically done against black people from the, the onset of enslavement. And, and y'all think that some of our greatest heroes in history, like FDR, you know, he created nationalized programs. Like if you like your mail, that's a socialistic, that's a social program, right? But here's the thing, while he was doing that, there were federal government people who were literally marking little big red lines right. in cities saying, we're going to fund this white area and we're not going to put funding in this black area. And, and when you don't have homes, when you can't own homes, when your home value is less, the, that was a federally mandated thing. Let's talk about the let's talk about the highway system of America. When the federal highway system was put in America, it didn't barrel through white neighborhoods. They literally found where the black people stayed when they created the, all the I-95s, I-10s, I 
Pac-12s, wherever I you see, it was I, us black people that were getting affected by that eye. That literally, that highway went straight. They would see where the black people were and would be like, hmm, we could, you know, go around the city, but nah, you know what we're going to do? Let's just run it through the black neighborhood real quick. And they would make it hard for us to actually have commerce. The most successful black neighborhoods were destroyed because of that. Now we can even go further on. There's another more recent reason for reparations, police shootings, and also the 94 crime bill. Like, like these things were targeting black neighborhoods, no matter what. And yes, Democrats, black Democrats and, and Republicans came together and created that, but let's keep it real. At this point right now, there's so many points that we can look at why black folks are, why black and indigenous people are owed reparations in some sense, in some form, that at this point, if we, if we deny it, then we're actually kind of supporting Trumpism. Mm. No, you're right. You're right. It's, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like, which side are you on? It's a very which side are you on argument. And I, I, I don't understand anybody who's on the left who is not in favor of reparations. I don't understand it. I, I've had, tried to have these conversations and it just... It just doesn't make sense to me. So I'm glad that you cleared that up. Maybe we've reached a few more people. Um, random question. If, if folks want to learn more, is there a book that you would recommend? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. First off, uh, let me see where I can find it. Ah, yeah, here it is. Near, right here. <laughs> Boom. See how I set that up? Do you see how I set that up? That <laughs> That's right. It's, it's called From Here to Equality, Reparations for Black America in the 21st Century. It is by William uh, A. Doherty uh, Jr. and Kristen, uh, A. Kristen Mullen. Uh, it, is a, it is a book that basically just... Uh, and, I mean, first, we could just go back and look at all the work that has been done in the past, right? But a lot of folks always point to, well, we need to pass H.R. 40 first. William Doherty has already done the research for reparations right now and shown the justification for reparations right now. In my mind, once you read that book, here's my thing. I'm not trying to diss anybody, right? But we could pass Medicare for all, but it'll be more black death for black people. It'll be free black death for black people, more access to de black death because doctors organically don't have a understanding of systemic racism. A lot of these doctors who are, are birthing our black children think that black mamas have less pain than white mamas, right? That is a f factual thing. Like they think that we deserve less pain medication in the hospital. They think that we that their the ambulance services won't even go to some neighborhoods. There are some places in the black belt and that's Southern Georgia, Southern Alabama, the whole black belt area where poor black farmers and poor black people stay that aren't in major cities. There's whole areas where it takes 40, 50 minutes to even get to a hospital. So guess what? I by the time you get to the hospital, you might get that service for free, but you also might be dead. We need to address systemic racism in every single thing that we put out as progressives, including free college. How are you going to go to free? How are you going to get free college if you can't make it to live to free, see free college or have equally funded high schools that, man, I can do this all day, know me. No, I, I listen, preach. It's better than these Republicans on the floor right now. We will cut to them. Um, I think that's important, though, because it's, it's if there's anything that this pandemic has revealed to folks who may not have been aware of this, it is just how even with states that have expanded Medicaid, how there is a different level of treatment and understanding of treatment to communities of color than there is to I mean, if you're on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, for instance, I'm not saying you're not going to wait in lines, but there's there's been a lot of research about this lately and it's how our medical system is, whether it has bias or is intentionally racist. I mean, years ago it was intentionally racist. Just look to Puerto Rico. That's a great example if you want to know about what doctors used to do. That's right. um, horrifying. But uh, 
you know, it's, I think it's important to have this conversation. So let's let's quickly. Um... Thank you, thank you, Nomi. I see what I'm talking about. Look at your viewers. It's to your, to her viewers who don't know this. Nomi is doing what all y'all should be doing on a daily basis with your uncles and your cousins and your crazy ass friends who be flying to the capital and spreading COVID with no mask on. She's actually being an ally. So go ahead, Greek girl. You get it. <laughs> Let's play the gun lady, Congressman, <laughs> Congresswoman gun lady. Oh, this woman, I'm, obs I'm obsessed. Glory with to God. Madam Speaker, I rise today to oppose this impeachment and denounce the recent violence on the Capitol. Just as I oppose the previous impeachment and the violence we've all witnessed all summer long across our great country. Make no mistake here. The hypocrisy of the left is on full display. Quote, Go to the Hill. Get in the face of some Congress people. We've got to fight in Congress, fight in the courts, fight in the streets. Take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Take him, <laughs> go and take Trump out tonight. Sound familiar? What about the gentlewoman from New York who defended the looting by saying looters just wanted loaves of bread? Well, the last I checked, Best Buy and Teslas and stores of the like do not produce baked goods. Where's the accountability for the left? What? After encouraging and normalizing violence, rather than actually helping American people in this time, we start impeachments that further divide our country. I call bullcrap when I hear the Democrats demanding unity. Sadly, they are only unified in hate. Fired. Thank you, I yield. Oh, man. So my favorite part of that, even though it, she went off on her own little, like, cue quoted speech was the beginning where she goes, glory to God. <laughs> glory be. <laughs> <laughs> glory to God. That's how she opened that. Well, I mean, it's deep, it's deep no, because she does mean it. She means glory to white, white Jesus, right? Like That's white, right. white Jesus is a dangerous dude, man. Like you gotta understand how dangerous white what white Jesus <laughs> has done in society, right? Yes, I mean not everybody Jesus, not the bronze skin Jesus that they actually describe in the Bible, right? But I'm talking right. about the white Jesus that they painted and put up in their church. Right. White Jesus will tell these folks that they're taking your guns, they're taking your jobs, they're taking your they're taking your freedoms, and the only reason that they think they're getting taken is because they actually have to see more black people and more brown people running around. That's that's all it takes is our presence, and white Jesus gets angry and he will spite. <laughs> I mean, this is like, but this is their line. It was, it was a day after the, the, um, the day after the event, not even, I, I don't even think they came out with the response that, oh, but did you see the looting that happened over the summer? Here's the difference. Let me just be very clear. Here's the difference that the, the Black Lives Matter movement, what happened, the, 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 the events out of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, in every single community, even on my parents' block with like small little houses, they had signs outside, right? This is a tiny little you know, block that they live on. Every single community in America had protests. I had a friend in Alaska who was laughing because there was one person in the middle of that small little town that he was at in Alaska working on a campaign who had a sign in support of BLM. Everybody who could was speaking out peacefully. This was a group of terrorists who brought guns like she does into Congress to lynch the vice president and who knows who else. That's right. I'm going to say it's a little different than a Best Buy's windows getting smashed in, whether that's true or not. Listen, 
what got me first two two things don't be she's feeling her kind of way and meanwhile aoc knows has gotten death threats from some of the same people that were in the building with her that day right, right? like so i mean when they say things are getting real yeah it's, it was getting real in there and and for them to even be capping the way that they're capping right now trying to make a distinction between blm and and Thai fascists and what you know and and what has happened is not only silly is ridiculous but here's the more important point every single time they mention blm what they neglect to mention is that the enormous rate that black people get shot by cops more than see they don't what they're talking about is an election that was literally talking points were created and lies were spread to say that Joe Biden didn't win in comparison to factual stats showing that black Americans get shot at higher rates than any other human beings in this, in this country, any other human beings in a, in the world, Jesus, in the world. So they are neglecting that fact that there were peaceful protests. Yes, there were some things burned down, but nobody ran up into city and nobody ran into uh, the Capitol with guns. Yeah. And, and zip ties, I, brothers don't even have zip ties in the hood. <laughs> I mean, they well, might. They, they, the greatest is they weren't even zip ties. They were these professionally professional ties that they use because we always call them zip ties. But then, of course, you know, CNN had to have somebody on that's like, actually, I'm I'm an expert on law enforcement, but those were not zip ties. They're actually stronger than zip ties because they're for arrests. I mean, they were professional grade. In, in, in other words, it wasn't now, like going to the grocery store and getting your 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 zip ties. And as these people are getting arrested around the country. As, know me as they get arrested, like just like always, they're gonna they're getting paid leave, man. Thank <laughs> like, you. Thank like, you. These, like like th- these these are police officers. Now let me explain systemic racism to everybody real quick so y'all can understand something. These guys are firemen, cops, right. doctors, lawyers, freaking state representatives, yeah. right? Guess what? They all the white supremacists. They showed up and they hung out with people who hung nooses up. Right. And then after they left, they go and see they go back to their hometown. And if they're a doctor, they had to go to see three black patients who happen to be. <laughs> you think they get the same amount of medication? That's right. You think you think those cops give them black folks the same amount of justice or, or, or they are over police? You think those lawyers actually fight as hard for their their clients, their black clients, the, 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 as they do for their white clients. This is what systemic racism right. is. And if we don't get to the bottom of it and arrest these people, and not only arrest them, make some damn laws. That's right. And and before we go to Steny Hoyer real quick, um, I think what's really important about what you just said was, you know, there's, there's I've heard Republicans say, well, you know, it, it wasn't everybody who showed up at that rally. They weren't all the ones storming. I'm sorry, if I saw, if I showed up to any rally and I saw a noose, I would be like, see ya, get me the hell out of there. First That's right. It's just, I, I, there's no normal Trump supporter who shows up these rallies and stays there after seeing a noose. That's right. I mean, so shout out to the officer. I forgot his name, but the black yeah. officer that led him away, led that crowd away from the U.S. Smart. senators, right? Every single senator, Republican or Democrat in that room needs to be sending him flowers and yep. voting for reparations because we need more free people like this black man right here who was smart enough to lead. A, and, and you know what? They were like dumbass lemmings. Sorry, excuse my language. They were like little dumb lemmings, <laughs> right? Okay, we're going to follow him. And he's just like, yeah, you know what? Come on. <laughs> Cool. He's like, I'm bait. <laughs> he was like, all right, let's play uh, Representative Hoyer real quick before we wrap up. And so uh, we ask ourselves, what do we do? What is our responsibility? What should we say? Come on, get to the point. 
in light of <laughs> only the Civil War. Pregnant pause. Has an announcement. Oh doesn't God. mean there haven't been demonstrations in Washington before and demonstrations throughout this country before. But it is the first and only physical presence other than the 9-11 attack on this nation, which came from abroad and had a plane aimed at our Capitol Dome. This attack was not from abroad. All right, was, let's, as uh, Liz Cheney said. <laughs> I don't feel like he's making any news here. <laughs> Thought he was gonna could have drop a real big one and then no. <laughs> I just I just need a white man in a suit to just come up to the microphone, get like a big stack of paperwork together, and then like you know and and punch it like and, and try to get it together and then to say white supremacy sucks and that's why I'm voting to impeach this dude and then just walk off. Trust me, it will be the most effective speech. I, I need a white man to do that. That's it. Just, He's just, from Maryland. It would be amazing if if he did it in right. so many ways. You know, just we don't have to we don't have to try to make all these up at this point. Like we are kind of grandstanding. Right. But we don't have to explain yeah. to American people what we saw with our unlying ass eyes. We know what we saw. We saw we yep. saw a whole bunch of people. Oh, my God. I, you remember that tweet I just sent you, Nomi, about the Colin Kaepernick yeah. thing? I know you talked Let about me. it in the past, but like y'all remember way back in the day when they were mad that Colin Kaepernick took a knee? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I, I remember it. I remember it being like 7,000 Fox News. And and uh, it was also here. I'm going to send it to Dorsey real quick. Um, it was also on uh, CNN regularly. It was like how many hours were spent on Colin Kaepernick? How many hours and how many careers were affected as a result? Right. And 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 now like there is now these guys are bringing in flags that have Trump painted on it like that's not disrespectful. And as you said, and I believe you said this in one of those wonderful things that, that what, or was it a this? They put they put <laughs> we confused the, the AOC. I have no problem. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> right. You're in AOC. Same people. No, they put uh, that. At least that's what your detractors will say. Anyway, they 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 put a Confederate flag. Uh, inside the, the U.S. Capitol. Meanwhile, the Congress people are voting to get rid of Confederate statues in the, in the U.S. Capitol. The irony of where, where they think this country is going and where we think this country is going and the American people think this country is going, even moderate white people on the Republican side are like, oh, damn, this is a bit much. So, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, let's watch this for, for the rest of the day, maybe like to see uh, what kind of hypocrisy. I'm surprised that these Congress people are still uh, tying themselves to Donald Trump. Like, let the, the annals of history like will show from now on that these guys, there's some blatant racism in, in Congress and we need to figure out how we primary them and do something about it. Dog That's whistles. Right. That's right. And, you know, not to mention that there are these new ones that are straight up Q supporters. This is, this is, it's growing. It's growing. There are the dog whistling ones. There are the enabling ones. And then there is the aggressive QAnon supporters. Um, Marcus, can you stick around for our panel? Yeah, down? I, yeah, I'm down. I got a little time. All right. Me. All right. We're going to go to a quick break and we're going to be back with our panel. All right. We are back with special coverage on this 
Impeachment Day. I didn't think I would be living through so many impeachments in my life, but here we are. Uh, we have Marcus Farrell, who is back for a second round, and Simon Rode, who is on our team. team he was a f- former organizer for Bernie 2020, uh, and he is on Team TNS. And Jordan Zacharin, around for our panel. He is the founder of Progressives Everywhere newsletter. Uh, go check out Progressives Everywhere newsletter. So much happening, so much to catch up on. But I want to talk about, um, before we... We, we go back to impeachment craziness. So it turns out several Congress members now have tested positive for COVID because their colleagues who they were held up with in the basement refused to wear masks. Let's play that clip real quick. Democratic representatives, Pramila Jayapal. All right, that's good. <clears throat> so there you saw them being questioned about their masks. Steve Scalise sitting there without a mask, the whole crew of, of COVID denialists. I mean, what's so strange to me about this, and anybody feel free to chime in. <laughs> Marcus won't because he's got his mask on. Um, what's so strange to me is this isn't just cosplay in front of the cameras. They're, they actually believe this. Like part of me thought at one point, oh, they're just doing this because they're trying to keep their voters, like their crazy voters excited. But there they are in their little denial quarter. Uh, sp- uh, how- what? <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, I was going to say that I think, you know, for many years there were, you know, far right wing Republicans that were, like you saying, cosplaying a little bit, were being, you know, uh, playing to the camera and were playing for that audience because they needed them, needed their votes. But there's a whole new generation of them. And then people like Steve Scalise, who can get like shot and still be even more pro-gun, uh, who are really believe it. You know, they, we'll talk about it, talk about her, I'm sure, but Lauren, Bo- Lauren Boebert and all those people, Marjorie Taylor Greene and those people, Madison Cawthorn, they believe these things. They've had them drilled into their heads and they are, you know, 20s and 30s and people who, probably from like the time they were kids were taught this stuff was okay. And they were, you know, that's how they got into office, just being maniacs who uh, won the maniac primary vote. Um, And so, yeah, they really believe this stuff. And that's what's so dangerous about it. I mean, I hate the cynicism of Republicans who, you know, say one thing and do the other behind closed doors. But it's a crazy that like, we're like, we'd rather that, like we'd rather a Liz Cheney, you know, who like uh, might be semi, semi competent and uh, human a little bit. Uh, behind the scenes as opposed to these people who are just sociopaths you know it reminds me of the 2016 primary and and the reason i mentioned that is because i'm getting slammed on twitter right now about some jokes i was making about watching the primary debates and like if you recall the 16 primary between the republicans there weren't many republicans like some of them danced around trump they were afraid of him but there were very few that really took him on like to his face and and of all people, uh, Lindsey Graham did it and he did it with his like weird wit. So he became sort of a cult figure in the primary debates, if we all recall. And it's it's so sad that we have to sit here and think like, I, I, I miss I, I miss that. I, I don't know. I'm like, this is like, this is, I feel like I'm in a bizarro land right now. Simon, well, what do you this think? is like conspiracy level stuff. Like how can you deny the like, the danger of COVID-19 after hundreds of thousands of Americans have died already. Like, it's insane. Like, it's, it's, it's like absolutely conspiracy theory level stuff in, in the halls of Congress. It's bonkers. 
Marcus, have you ever met these people in person? Nah, because I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a go buy me a, a Louis, Louis purse and clutch it every single time I see a white re- Republican. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to go and walk on the opposite side of the street. Listen, they need to be charged with, like, attempted murder or manslaughter, dog. Like, on, a, on the real, I want to take, like, 30, 40 years of how they did us when I was walking down the street, you know what I mean? And I see a lady just go to the opposite side of the street. If y'all aren't afraid of those white men in suits at this, at this point, then you're crazy because they are trying to kill you. Like, like, mm-hmm. th- like this should be, this should be attempt. Like we need, they need to go ahead and make laws. Like if you don't wear your mask, I know it's, it's really authoritarian, but COVID is real. And there's scientific yeah. evidence behind this. So this might be far-fetched, super left-wing, but I'm a black free man. I can say whatever the hell is on my mind. And what, right now what's on my mind is every single person who didn't wear a mask in those little rooms in the Capitol building should be charged with something, point blank. Like they, they need to go to jail. Y'all are grandstanding and trying to get people killed. F-O-H. It's, it, <laughs> I mean, if, if sadly, if something happens, if somebody dies as a result, I bet it's going to happen. It totally it, could. I mean, the people in Congress, like some of them are, you know, in their 80s. Steny Hoyer, who just spoke, he's, I think yeah. he's like 84 years old. Yeah. They're all, they're all, I mean, they're lucky, I guess, could have good health care and you know, be able to get the, the stuff that Trump was able to get. But I, I thought all year that the fact that they were lying, whether it was Ron Johnson or, or Donald Trump lying about COVID and efficacy of medication and saying, oh, don't wear a mask, Ron DeSantis just opening things up. It's like leading people to their graves. You know, beyond, I mean, what they did one-on-one is just beyond absurd. But what they did all year 2020 is, you know, any civilized country or a- any country that like had any self-respect would be charging these people with, you know, mass, almost mass genocide. We're going to be at 400,000 people yep. dead by next month and there are no consequences you know other you know because that's policy that's politics i don't know like we're at that point where you know politicians who murder people in other countries if they're dictators they get some comeuppance but here because it was a virus and not literally shooting them in the head they're they're going to be let off scot-free and i think what's what's so frustrating is uh, just to go back to the original point I think we all thought in the beginning it was because they had some sort of financial incentive. Ron DeSantis' wife having beauty salons, if I recall, or I'm not sure if that was Arizona or if it was both. And so they wanted to keep the economy open because they, they personally benefited by keeping the economy open. Whereas if they shut down the economy for, say, two weeks entirely, no eating inside restaurants, mandatory masks, my guess is we wouldn't be in this situation even with the economy either. But God forbid... These hypocrites, these murderers think more than four days in advance. God forbid. Listen, That's the Republican Party. You know what? I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit, Nomi, and say it was more nefarious than that. When COVID-19 first struck, we all got to remember that the first reports were first black people weren't getting it. Then brown and black people and especially our indigenous brothers were getting it at a higher rate. And at that point, the GOP literally started saying, well, this is not that bad. Why? Because that wasn't their base. And they thought that wasn't their base. And it wasn't until their, their friends and their constituencies finally rigged, they figured out that, you know what, I guess everybody is, is doing it, that they even contemplated shut, shutting down towns and stuff like that. So if you think about it, they want to br- blame Democratic mayors of, of major cities, right? They want to say, they wanna say that, that, you know, uh, the Democrats are the ones that are trying to uh, stop our freedom. Man, first off, y'all need to be locked up, all of y'all. Like, more than just a lockdown, y'all need to be locked up, right? And the reason why I say y'all need to be locked up is because, like, listen, if I go brandish a gun 
right? If I go brandish a gun in a public place, even if there's gun laws that are passed, I'm gonna go to jail, right? But when you brandish your face right now, just brandish your face, you are a threat to my life. So do me a favor, they need to go to jail. Treat them like you treat people of color with guns. Well, I, I, can, I can I challenge that a little bit? Because mm -hmm. I, I mean, at the same time, there are, you know, many, many millions of Americans who refuse to wear masks. And I don't feel like the solution is to lock them all in prison together so that they can all spread COVID with each other. And Good like, but it doesn't really stop the, the, the it's the, like a mind sickness that is like spreading that everyone is, is like buying into this crazy. Um, and I feel like getting to the root of that is, is a lot more than just locking people in a cage. Hey, I'm an abolitionist, man. Normally I would be with it, right? But right now, if I'm talking about a, in the political context and what I see, unfortunately, I don't see the people that I support going maskless. I don't see like in, in Southside and South Fulton and black cities across the, it, you got homeless black people wearing masks right now, right? Like, like, because we are, my community is legitimately scared because all of our uncle, uncles and aunties are dying from it, right? Uh, and also, if you think about it, the access to healthcare in black communities are, are, are less. So what we have to do is protect ourselves. And it is a common thing at churches around the nation at, uh, and online, uh, or like even rappers, wearing Gucci masks, wearing Louis Vuitton masks. Uh, there's only one group of people that are pushing this right here. And yeah, it might be a little bit extreme, but what are we gonna do? Because you can't fight somebody walking up into your room if it's not mandated. If it's a mandate and you go against the mandate, what should be the next step? That's right. And, and that's ultimately it is, is, is Biden has said that he's going to institute a national mandate. Ron Klain, I, I believe commented on that as his chief of staff. Um, but then what happens? I mean, what, you're going to have all these these right-wing governors defying that and, and there's going to be some sort of other political debate and we're still going to be talking about masks um, while we're trying to re release these vaccines, which we don't have enough of? I was going to say, I think that, first of all, it's just get the vaccine. If you wear a, don't wear a mask, you shouldn't get a vaccine. I think that's first and foremost. Um, you know, maybe it'll be self-selection. I don't know. Yeah. But because the vaccine only protects you, not other people. So if you're not going to protect other people, then you, know, you shouldn't be getting the getting a vaccine but i think it's you know people hear what they want to hear that's why these like looney tunes right wingers do you know get that's why they believe QAnon. that's why they believe all this stuff right because they're predisposed to hearing that but there's still an element of responsibility for these leaders who are just not taking any of it seriously the idea that you know could you imagine if now they announce or they propose uh seatbelt laws that would be they say oh that's our freedom you're taking away our freedom to crash and die and we're at this point where this misunderstanding of the Constitution, this belief that white people can do whatever they want unfettered, has entirely poisoned the rulemaking, the lawmaking, you know, any of it, any of it happening. Though they would just say, oh, we're, we're allowed to just drive whoever we want. They, someone would probably get the Congress elected because they lost a leg while driving and getting into a car accident and, you know, uh, hurting themselves. That would be, make them a hero. That would make them, a, you know, a, what you call it, libertarian hero. So it's all about the leadership and having them speak up. So I, I want to go back to our favorite congresswoman again, because there's just so much content. This woman was just elected. On one hand, you have Cori Bush, who's just accomplishing so much in her first week. On the other hand, you have our favorite congresswoman, uh, Lauren Bo Bobert, I believe is her name, if I'm going to say it correctly. Uh, she has promised to carry her weapons into Congress. She reached a standoff with security after being asked to pass through a metal detector and leave aside her weapons. 
this is what's going on right now. You have the woman who, uh, who, who, who became famous because she has a bar in, in, um, in Colorado and the bar she made, she became famous because she made it like a branding activity to, to make sure that everybody who works the bar carries with them and anybody can carry and go in and carry and drink and have guns, which I don't even think that's legal in other States like Arizona, for instance, that have open carry laws. So this woman uh, did the ad, the famous ad, just so you guys remember, um, where she like, it was like a superhero ad where she's like, I'm here in Washington and Washington's a dangerous city. And then she like has, you know, she's walking by garage doors all on Capitol Hill, <laughs> which are extremely expensive. And she's like, it is, you know, I have to walk alone and you don't know what can happen. So I'm going to carry to walk alone across the street from the Capitol to the Cannon office building. Also, there's a tunnel underground. So I'm not it's really dangerous sure what- now because of people like her. Exactly. Over there. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I mean, this this was this was such a big deal. Um, how do we? I mean, they're going in right now, not just as as uh, gratefully that our our new leftist lawmakers are going in new, fresh, unafraid because they haven't been conditioned by the laws of Nancy Pelosi by the rule rulemaking of Nancy Pelosi. I think the same thing's happening on the right. These people are going in straight from Q into the Capitol and carrying in this stuff before they're conditioned. Remember, Ted Cruz was a Tea Party member before he got elected. Right. Uh, go ahead, Simon. Yeah. Well, I, I find it also interesting in that Twitter thread they were talking about how other um, GOP Congress people were also upset about the metal detectors. Um, it's just was crazy to me. Like, didn't I was surprised they didn't have metal detectors there at the Capitol, like they we do, have but detectors in public schools, like they do, but lawmakers don't usually have to walk through them. Mm. Hey, real, real, real quick, if I may interject, you want to solve this real quick? Just tell Jamal Bowman to carry a gun into the, and that's and it's over with. Just say, just <laughs> if Jamal Bowman just walks into Congress with a gun, we don't have to worry about this situation no more. <laughs> or Ilhan, or wait Ilhan. for that one. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, all you got to do is get Ilhan or, or Jamal Bowman to just walk in, and all of a sudden, there are congressional laws passed, like, worldwide. <laughs> like, somehow that is going to affect other countries, I promise you. Y'all, I mean, listen, we want to, let's utilize hypocrisy to get the things that we need for our society, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's very it's very simple. If, if she wants to walk in there with a gun, then let a black man walk in there with a gun and watch what happens. It's, it's, it's. Because they, we are officially operating off of white supremacy and white supremacy can bite itself in the butt a whole lot more than they realize, right? These dummies decided, and unlike their ancestors who wore hoods, hey, you know what? We don't need hoods, right? Matter of fact, let me, let me selfie myself. Let me do a, you know, a live stream on YouTube basically committing a felony, right? And they thought that, you know, and they, they thought that because they're really used to getting away with whatever the hell they want to. I wonder how many cops who infiltrated that, that, that group last week, I wonder how many cops have wrongly arrested the black person. Yeah. I mean, the thing is all all those cute type people, they believe so much in the righteousness of their cause. They think nothing will touch them. They believe that Donald Trump will be delivered the presidency and that they will be, and it's all based on white supremacy, of course, because they haven't had, they haven't been harassed. They haven't had that sort of stuff happen to them. So they truly believe in the righteousness of their cause, which is absurd. Imagine giving anything for Donald Trump. It's, uh, that's the funniest part of it to me, like Donald Trump of all people. Um, But with someone like Lauren Boebert, you talk about her, her restaurant. She didn't have, face any penalties. She didn't make people wear masks. She had like a, a no mask for kid 
uh, celebration at her. That's like, that is almost like attempted assault. I mean, manslaughter and, uh, you know, murder. So there's no consequences. Nothing happened to her, right? Because she's a, a white woman who, uh, you know, a white person who didn't face any consequences. She got to go to Congress. And it's the same thing with so many of these, like, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene or Madison Cawthorn. He's going to Hitler's house and, you know, saying, yo, what's up? I love, uh, really inspired by this guy. If there's no consequences, they're just going to keep doing it. That's how Lauren Boebert, instead of, you know, paying a giant fine and spending time in jail. And again, I'm not like all for the carceral state, you know, but they should face the consequences that they make other people face. Instead of crimes are serious. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And so instead of, you know, facing that or facing some big fine or, you know, being put a, you know, given difficulty because of what she did, she's allowed to run for office, win her office and then blow past security guards and cops. She's Miss Blue Lives Matter, blow past cops and say, screw it. I'm not going to I'm going to do what I want. That's like if you're not going to be arrested for that, like if you're not going to be arrested for saying, hey, Nancy Pelosi is over here, guys, during an insurrection you're going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So it's important not to just impeach Trump and get him out of there, but all of these people, you know, I, there's some like something protecting them that says like they can't be treated with consequences because they're lawmakers. They're like a bunch of idiots who won uh, Republican primaries and, you know, because they have a bunch of other idiots in gerrymandered districts. That's, That's right. the only thing that makes them special. So unless they're treated with consequences by the House, it's going to keep happening. It's going to get worse and worse. So my, my new favorite Congresswoman, uh, Cori Bush, the, the, the truth and consequences uh, lawmaker, <laughs> she's a national treasure. Let's let's show her response to this. There was a, a strange thing that happened on the floor tonight. I know you weren't there, but um, we've been getting reports. Um, I think due to security concerns, which frankly are a little unnerving, which I think are some Democratic colleagues a little concerned about their, their Republican colleagues, there were um, magnometers, metal detectors placed for members to pass through on entrance into the House chamber itself so that members who are carrying, uh, Lauren Boebert, freshman member who's very vocal about the fact she wants to carry, um, there was then a standoff and a bunch rushed around or rushed through or one knocked over apparently a Capitol Police officer or bumped into a Capitol Police officer, I should be precise in my language, um, and have basically just evaded it and said, this doesn't apply to us. And I'm, I know you're not there. That's what we know so far. I mean, more facts. But just your reaction to that, many of the people are, are the kinds of people I think that voted, uh, 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 you know, to overturn the election as well. So when I went in, I didn't see that uh, that take place. Um, there was a line of people that were waiting to go through the metal detectors. Um, so in the place where I was, people were just waiting in line and we went through um, without incident. But for those that did that, first of all, we're talking about your job. Let's just be, let's just look at it from the most basic level. If you work at McDonald's, you have to wear the uniform or you're not working today. You know, if you are, you know, wherever you are, when you, you're told this is what yeah. you have to do, this is what you have to do, or you're not working. And I don't know, maybe it's because they, I don't know, have they ever had a job before? Also, how do you get on a plane? You have to go, so to say that this is against your rights, do you do, do you rush through and not go through the detector, the metal detectors when you're trying to get on a plane? Like that's a bunch of bull crap. Again, that is them trying to push the limits as far as they can. We have... Of Congress members who have said that they want to carry their guns on the floor, on the House floor. We have Congress members who bring their guns to the our office buildings. This is where we should feel safe, but you're bringing your guns to the office building. I don't feel safe yeah. around that. Many people don't feel safe with that. And you know what? If you won't abide, if they won't abide by the simple things that this, this job calls for, 
then go find another one. Amen. That's, I love her. That, that, that's the kind of consequences I would love for these people to face. Like, if you're not going to just, like, abide by the rules of Congress, um, then why are you there? You know, like, like you, should, you should lose your job. Or, like, you know, or at least you shouldn't be, exactly as she said, like, you shouldn't, you're not working that, that day. If you're not going to wear the uniform, you're not working today. Dare I say, we, guys, let's think about something that's very important in this moment. We have a Democratic House. We have a Democratic Senate, and we have a Democrat for president. Now, if they go all soft and willy-nilly uh, and forget about this moment as soon as we take control of the reins, then we know how problematic they are. But we can change this. Nancy Pelosi can literally say, all right, this is what we're passing today. And that law might have to be, guess what? In Congress, in my building that I control right now, in the building that I control right now, you cannot bring guns into it. And if you're not, you're not going to be able to be seated. And if you uh, and you're not going to be able to to vote for anything. Right. That is something that Congress can do. We we black people in Georgia gave you all a U.S. Senate. We black people in Georgia. I keep up bringing, bringing up black because I'm blackity black, black, black. But we keep up. We keep on saving y'all behinds. So when Cory Bush says do something, just shut up and do it. That's it. I mean, I think the, that's the, you make the point of there's going to be complete control. And the reason why, again, a Jim Jordan, who was on the floor of the house just screaming all day, you know, uh, someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's from, from Georgia, uh, Lauren Boebert, she was in a, a swing district, actually, so we can get her out in 2022. But all these totally. people feel confident that they can do this because they're so gerrymandered. Their seats are just like Jim Jordan's looks like an actual duck. Right. It's so gerrymandered. And down in, and down in Georgia, they're going to try and pass more voter suppression. They want ballot. They want voter ID on absentee ballots. I don't even know how you do that. And so <laughs> with Democrats having power, they need to a expand. They need to pass more voting rights, you know, a better voting rights act. And then, you know, expand the Supreme Court, because otherwise you can pass as many laws about what you got to wear on this. Uh, I think we got to do it, you know, right away. No guns. Obviously, you got to wear masks. You got to dress the dress the part on the the House floor, but unless Democrats expand the Supreme Court, pass more voting rights, more of these lunatics are going to keep coming in over and over and over again to the Congress. And look, Democrats only have a thin margin in 2022. Uh, they could easily lose. And this the Speaker of the House could be like a QAnon person by 2026. You know, that could easily happen. So unless they do something now with the power that they have, the party will be gone and like sanity will be gone. And I think that's ultimately what the Republicans, that's why Mitch McConnell's staff is whispering to the press that he's fine for impeachment, because they want to have their Republican Party, the Kevin McCarthy Republican Party, they want to block any of these Q people from joining because they can't, number one, they can't control them. And and I mean, that's pretty much it. They can't control them. and They won't have to rely on their votes. Um, with that being said, we're Marcus and I were talking about this earlier. Uh, both sides are the same. We have this uh, um, uh, incredible clip of Republican Ken Buck of Colorado again, arguing on CNN that, quote, both sides are at fault. But it's rightly pointed out that there was a side of attack, you know, the ones that were responsible on Capitol Hill who created this destruction. So let's uh, let's play that clip real quick. And to say that there's one speech or one incident that caused this group of people to storm the Capitol is just not accurate. What I'm trying to suggest to you is that both sides are at fault and that, that, that in America, whoa, 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 we need to be whoa, whoa, very whoa, whoa, careful whoa, whoa, whoa. of the words. How did the other side, well, first of all, you keep saying sides here. I keep telling you, I'm not sure Liz Cheney and Nancy Pelosi uh, are on any sides That's together. Right. You keep saying both sides. What on earth did any other side do 
than the side that invaded the U.S. Capitol, where I believe you're sitting right now. The dark side. Uh, I'm actually standing in one of the House office buildings, but uh, what, what, what did the other side do? What, 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 uh, you're asking me what Democrats have one done One week ago, one week ago, what wing ago, one week ago, when the Capitol was overrun. I don't understand who is to blame for that other than the people who overran the Capitol and the people who may, and whether or not you agree they did or not, the people who spoke before and may have incited that mob to overrun the Capitol. So what stands out to me here, and, and I was on Fox News the day after debating um, a, a former congressman as well, and I was like, why are you politicizing this? They're white supremacists. Are you saying that white supremacists are the Republican Party and you think that the Democrats, it's only Democrats who are against that? Because that's what that's the tell here. The tell is these guys are making it about political divisions when there are a lot of Republicans who like don't want to be part of that. But they're making about political divisions because that guy, Representative Buck, relies on those voters to get elected. And that's a shirt that he wore. Thank you so much for sharing that, Dorsey. <laughs> Both sides. Kill them all. If so, that, if that wow. guy hasn't used the N word once in his life, I don't know what the. We, I don't. I don't believe in. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> someone go through his Twitter, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I will say that I was upset that Democrats were so just they weren't anywhere this weekend. They kind of let Republicans jam this unity yeah. thing and capture the narrative. It was like very upsetting to me. They didn't even want to impeach them uh, for a while. Dick Turbin said Turbin said there was no appetite for that. So, you know, Democrats certainly uh, are afraid to take action generally. And I think that like it's great that they've been pushed that way. And I think it needs to continue. But, yeah, Republicans need to keep the, they need to like I, I'm surprised they're not trying to separate themselves from it. You know, they're not trying to say, oh, we don't we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. I, that's that's what's surprising to me, because they could very easily say, oh, those are the extremists in our party. And that's the, the Trump uh, faction. But they're so afraid of their base. And what's the most amazing thing to me is they're saying we need unity. If you impeach Donald Trump, there will be more violence. And so what they're saying is we need to ne- we need to negotiate with terrorists. We need to let the terrorists win, because otherwise uh, and the term terrorist, I know, isn't, uh, you know, I don't know how if we want to use it or not for this sort of situation, but. We need to go famously in the U.S. doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Uh, they want to do that. They just want to let them storm the Capitol because otherwise they'll have their feelings hurt and do it again. Or, you know, just, I don't know, like shoot up other other cities. And we just let that happen. Yeah. You know, I, I believe I believe this right here. This is what I think about this situation. I don't think the Justice Department. I think Biden should ask the current Justice Department to just, hey, listen, just give it seven days. I don't want anything close and tied to Trump to be prosecuting these people. You know why? Because when Biden gets in, he's going to have a more progressive uh, uh, Justice Department. And two things that I want to add here. There was a noose that was in the Capitol. And then there was a black person that was attacked. So I want hate crimes. I want a whole bunch of hate crimes. I want everybody in that building to be an accessory to a hate crime. Let's go ahead and add that to let's let's add some federal goosebah to to this to this whole situation because it, because if not like we need to set a precedent forever right mm-hmm. Be, you know seventy four million people voted for Donald Trump now I think at least forty million of those people were complete racist and the other portion of them were you know supportive of racism so if that's how bad we are we gotta we gotta beat it back and show that there are consequences for these actions from a federal level because let me tell you something once again and i think it should be brought up every time we talk about this if that was three thousand four thousand black people that's right oh it'd been a massacre i mean a horrifying uh, yeah 
Simon, what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, in like a weird way, and I know this isn't what um, that re Republican representative was saying, but um, in a weird way, like both parties do bear some responsibility, like on a macro level for like the rise of fascism and like allowing that to fester in this country. Um, but yeah, but I think this is an interesting direction that Republicans are taking. I mean, Lauren Boebert said something similar. You were playing her words today on the uh, House floor about trying to, trying to deflect responsibility um, for the GOP allowing, uh, well, like specifically courting and like trying to like, um, courting white supremacists into their voting block and, and trying to like uh, um, allow this stuff to, to bubble and bubble until it boils and over and uh, create this kind of violence to deflect responsibility by saying that the Repub that the Democrats are equally at fault, which is kind of, kind of ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We, we got a lot, of, a lot of work to do. Um, we as progressives in holding our Democrats, the neoliberals who could very easily move away from being bold on this and actually taking, I mean, it's not just that we have seven days. They have seven days to, to take that anger that they're feeling right now, that personalized anger, and that they were personally attacked has been good, and, and let it fester so that on day one of the Biden administration, they actually do something bold because, you know, we do have all, all, all you know, the Senate and the Congress and, and the presidency right now. And as a result, we have an opportunity to really push, you know, there's no, there's no Mitch McConnell to blame it on. We have a real opportunity now to be bold and thank God for the squad because we wouldn't have had impeachment number one, probably wouldn't have impeachment number two. We wouldn't have the resolution that, that Cori Bush has put forward. And, and, and look how much that has put many Republicans into a tight spot. So I think we have an opportunity here, not just to, to make sure our neoliberals in the center who, take, who are in control uh, stay on them, but we actually have an opportunity to pull over some Republicans who are embarrassed and, and actually don't need those voters to stay in office. So, all right, Marcus, Simon, Jordan, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this very special, very special Nomiki show. And if you are watching us on Twitch, thank you. I got to give you a shout out because we've been on, we just joined on Twitch and yesterday we had a little tech issue and everyone showed up on Twitch. So thank you to everybody. Uh, thank you to everybody on YouTube. Go check out Clickbaity Political Thirst Trap. I always mix up the words. Yes, that's it. <laughs> you have new time now. What, what time are you guys airing? 8.30 to 9.30. We we also still have a morning show, but it's called The Morning Trap right now. Uh, that's a, a little bit more for more inclusive because we get ratchet. In the morning? Oh, in the evening. Oh, in the evening. Okay, yeah. I thought it was in the morning. I was like, wow. Yeah. Come drink some cognac with me and Dr. West sometime. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm happy to join. I'm on dry January though. So it's gotta be in February. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> in February. Don't tempt me right now because this is, if there's any time to be drinking, to do day drinking, it's right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. And thank you to everybody at YouTube, in, in our YouTube chat. Prairie Fire Kowalski from Nebraska. Thank you for the daily love. You're always there. Thank you. And Vichacon505, thank you. He says, yes, Marcus has so many good points. You hear that, Marcus? Harvey K, always there in the live chat. Thank you, MIDI doctors working that, those algorithms. And huge, huge, huge thanks to our mods, Bob Choken, The Orb, and Chuck Diesel for keeping that chat room troll-free. This is the era of the trolls. They're all over the place. So we are extremely grateful to you. We will see you tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. And uh, hopefully you'll have some news around impeachment. But stay well, be healthy, and we'll see you tomorrow.